And welcome to a brand new episode of Talking Rivals. We are up to episode 34. Um, I am your co-host, Patrick, covering everything Red Sox. This is my co-host, Chris, covering everything Yankees. And we'll be talking about the best bleeping rivalry in all baseball and sports. How's it going, Chris? Pretty good, man. What's going on? Any good news? <laughs> um, no news is, I guess, no, no. No good news. <laughs> yeah. Um need something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the good news is that they're gonna be meeting this week. So right. They'll be in the room and and it's supposed to be more I than I can't one. believe they haven't met in person. I know. It's that's embarrassing. I can just imagine like 70-year-old men trying to work Zoom. <laughs> can you hear me? <laughs> right. Just thing on. I don't know if this is working. And then 15 minutes later. Okay. Hold on. Let me get my grandson. <laughs> I you see like a dog in the background. Like, yeah. Going through. God knows. <laughs> yeah. But I think you know it was Steinbrenner, the Rockies owner for some reason. Mm-hmm. And a third guy is on the executive committee. Oh, that's that, a weird That's who I saw that was going. So it's basically... The most storied one, the most storied franchise, right. and then one of the cheapest ones. Right, and maybe one in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I just think, I you know what? It was three people. Meetings all week has to be a good idea. Has to be something positive has to come out talking daily with with the people that you're trying to negotiate with. Once a week is definitely not good, and once in a month is definitely not good. So I think talking... You know they 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 are supposed to be talking all week, right? In meetings this week, so something positive has to come out. And I, I think it, at this point, by the end of the week, we should get. I, I personally, I think we're going to get really good news by the end of this week because talking every day, and being so far apart. I mean, after a while, you got to say, "All right, let's," you know. Like, yeah, I mean, this once a week stuff. To your point, is like by the time you get refreshed on what happened last week, right? In the next meeting, it's time to leave. So, I mean, every day is much better news. And I just, I think that we're going to have regular season games in April. I just don't know if it's the start of the month or if it's delayed a little bit, maybe a week or two. But I think there's certain dates that you can't mess up. Like I said last episode, you can't mess up like July 4th, Memorial Day, all those big days and i don't think they want to get into too much of a shortened year and are they ready to start you know canceling games or start redoing the whole uh schedule now because if they're short you know like let's like to what you're saying like what if they start late april are they gonna redo the schedule or are they just gonna start it from there and this might be a good segue to get it back down to 154 like it used to be yeah that was cancel the first week of the year Cancel the first eight games and just start right. playing, and hopefully the weather's better and everything works out. But especially if they want to add more play, you know, another playoff team, you know, people started going crazy about that. I, I don't think that's that bad of I, of an idea. You know, it'll add some excitement. The postseason's all already great. You know, the one game playoff. I just think it stinks for a team like the Dodgers this past year wins over a hundred games. Yeah, there's you know, and this season is down to one game. You know, I'm against the playoff expansion. I'm more for making the wild card best of three. Right. 
Yeah, that, that wouldn't be bad either. So I guess that's technically expansion, more games, but I think that solves the issue with the Dodgers and good yeah. wild card teams. Because one game, that's not. Yeah, that's. Baseball I mean, is built on the long haul and over time, the yeah. averages and everything. I mean, one game is. Game yeah. seven of the World Series is one thing. A one game wild card doesn't seem fair, but I agree. It, it, to me, it made no sense. And um, I, I just think adding the extra, what was it, two extra playoff teams, right? I think, or is it? I think it's two each division. Right. So if, if each it's league. two more, yeah, if it's two more on, on each league, that means it's at least two more teams that are going to be fighting to the end. So I think there's going to be more teams, not just two, but. I think there's going to be more teams fighting the whole way, you know, more into it. And you're going to have more action at the trade deadline and you're going to yeah, have, it used to be what 90 wins would yeah. get you around. Now it's probably going to be 85, even yeah. like 82, 500 record. Yeah. And I get the people that are saying, Oh, it's going to dilute the league and it's, you know, it's going to take away the importance of, of the regular season. I think it's just, it's going to add the, more importance to the regular season because now you're going to have teams that, you know, by August they were like, All right, we'll never catch whatever team to get the wild card. We'll never. Yeah, catch. a team, a team that's like seventy and eighty with, right, or seventy and seventy with twenty games to go. You can't just mail it in. Right, you're going to give it a shot. You know, yeah. you're not going to tank the last month, and that'll, you know, somewhat. It's not going to trust me. It's not going to fix the whole issue because obviously. You know, a team like Baltimore and Pittsburgh, they're, they're going to be out of it, you know, no matter what, by July. Watch, that's the World Series this year. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would I, be great, though. Yeah, get your bets in early. I don't, yeah, I don't exactly. think that's going to be the series. but No, definitely not. But uh, you know what? I, I just think it'll add excitement, and I think that's what the league wants, obviously, because they know, you know, that their numbers are going down. You know, the, the, average, the average fan is – Probably and right around our age. <laughs> yeah, not only the the younger fans not coming to the games and losing out, and they're just Major League Baseball is losing out to college baseball. Yeah, to minor league baseball, to international baseball. So they're getting siphoned off with their competition because I, I mean I was watching college baseball pretty much all weekend and. They put out a great product. Yeah, I mean the fans are into it. It's it's more intimate. Um, I mean the metal bats make it really interesting. <laughs> and I mean that brings us to the next thing I wanted to bring up is Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. um, I saw in their game they have an electronic wristband where all the players get one. All the players on the in the field get one, and the and the manager just texts in the pitch so the catcher doesn't make a sign all year. Right. Okay. I mean, how do you feel about that? I think I'm okay with that. I mean, I, I would think too, they, they could, they could text the outfielder where to play, you know, instead of saying, you know, play deeper, play shallow, play, you know, whatever. Well, they so, tell you pitch, pitch and location. So you know which way to play based right. on that. Yeah, so I I like it. You know, I also think you could add a a radio connection yeah. to it too. That would, 
That would save yeah. trips to the mound. It takes away the importance of a good catcher, though. Yeah, that's true. And if it's not implemented in the big leagues, then college catchers are going to come up and just come into the minor leagues like, what do I do now? Right, How do big. I call a game? <laughs> <laughs> right. You're like, you know but I mean, if it play. if it quickens the pace of play, if it's like, look, I'm just going to give you what I think should be the pitch, fastball outside, right. low and away, go with it instead of shaking off and and you know as well as anyone else when people get on base, it's it's just slows down because right. everyone's scared of getting signs stolen. So in in that respect, it's good. Yeah. In that respect, so there's no more sign stealing, which I'm okay with anyway. But this is this could add another layer of you know mm -hmm. getting something stolen, getting hacked into the system, and right, that's true. <laughs> that. I mean, you'll probably get somebody wiring through trying to get like the signals, and but. If it quickens pace of play a little bit, I think it's I'm all for it. Yeah, listen, any improvement I think could be good. You know, I, I to me the big one, obviously getting rid of the seven inning doubleheader is, you know, the the extra the ghost runner and extra innings, all that stuff has to go away. You can't be yeah. a gimmicky league, but I think the major thing for me, and it, it's got to help out the offense a little bit, and and that's what they have to do is get rid of the, the shift somehow, you know, not totally, you know, but, and, and we can look at other leagues, how they've done, they've tweaked their game. They've made changes. Yeah. The NFL has gone. I mean, you can't touch a receiver. It's offensive. It's right. It's quarterback driven. Right. And think about how exciting, especially this year's playoff games were. I mean, they were unbelievable. I mean, just probably the best postseason we've ever seen. So, I mean, Major League Baseball has to catch up to the times. They have to say, okay, I mean, we can make changes. It's okay. It's not The NFL change. and the NBA have changed from the 90s to the modern day mm -hmm. seamlessly. They both yeah. went from, like, more physical defense, tough and rugged, to, you know, one side is three-point shooting, and right. on the other side is just quarterback-driven league and offensive-minded. and True. I don't know. I, I don't think the shift is the big deal. I think it's just there's something with incentivizing the home run in the lower levels where it's the easiest way to get noticed is I'm going to hit a home run. I don't care if I strike out. If I go one for the if I go two for the weekend and those two are home runs. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's what they're teaching, too. Right. The whole, you know launch angle and and all that crap i mean yeah i see i see a lot of hitters post stuff on social media and a lot of hitting coaches saying that it's not just launch angle it's obviously it's hitting the ball hard it's making contact mm -hmm. that's more important hard hit balls uh and then half say it's launch angle that's supreme right i mean yeah. i know there's different ways to get it done but yeah but it just seems like for every for every one contact hitter that sprays the ball all over the field, there's 30 feast or famine, mm. home run or nothing guys. Right. And it used to be the other way around. Right. Exactly. There were less Rob Deere and 
Dave Kingman's around than they were. The, yeah. The now it seems like everybody has an Adam Dunn. Right. Oh, at least one. I mean, every yeah. team got at least one of those guys on their team. And they're okay with striking and out. I don't know. Does the shift really – does the shift focus? Well, this well banning the shift or making it two on each side of second base. I don't think it's the end all. That's what I'm saying. I don't right. think it's the only thing they got to do, but I think that's one of the things they got to think about doing because, you know, you know, you have an outfield with four or five guys in the outfield, and if you hit a rocket to, you know, like if you're a left a, a left-handed batter, if you hit a rocket into a hole, you're still going to find a fielder somewhere sitting right. and he's going to just throw you out at first anyway. You know, there, there was an article. I think they can start to tinker with it and say, yeah, you have to have, I don't know. I mean, no baseball, they'll make a way to make it more complicated than it has to be. Yeah. They got to keep it simple. You know, like I heard Buck Walter saying in the off season before he was hired, he said that he wants it to have four people have to be touching the infield dirt. That's okay. Wherever you want it, wherever you want to shift them, wherever you want to, but you can't have this like I'm playing right center, right? Crap. I mean, uh, you, I can you have people playing like beer league softball positions. Yeah, I'm okay with that. That's part of it, but I think also another thing, not just that, I would add maybe like the two on each side. I think makes the best sense. Uh, you know, yeah. on, on each side of the infield, I, I think that one makes the most the most sense. I think it's okay. If the like second baseman or shortstop is going to play a little deep, you know, because sometimes you got a guy like Barry Bonds, you know, do you really want to be playing at the end of the dirt against that guy? You're going to want to back up a little bit, right? Right. Get some of these big time hitters. So I, 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 I listen. Any kind of improvement is going to be a good thing. That's the way I look at. It. But like you said, Major League Baseball is going to complicate it. It's going to sound so crazy when they announce it, and you're going to probably alienate a lot of fans oh we can't do this you know the the classic fans you know and but there's got to well, be I mean, got to be done they shift they use the shift on ted williams back in right. the day and he just said the best way that i'm dealing with it is to hit it so hard that it goes right through there you go and i so, to to right it worked for him but, but he also wasn't swinging out of his cleats like right for the home run every time Right, exactly. You know, and, and but and that's the whole thing, though. Like you said, going back to the minor leagues, that's what they're teaching these guys to do. You know, they're teaching them to don't worry about a strikeout. If you strike out three times, we're okay. But if you get that one hit and it's a home run, it's worth it. You know, and I think oh, that, yeah. that whole you know mentality has to change. That part has to change too. And not it's not just the on the field, but it's what you're teaching these kids. You know, just like with football. You know, you see horrible tackling. That starts from the very beginning. That starts from high school and right. college. You know, they got to teach them the basics. And to me, yeah. you got to go back to the basics and just make this game more exciting. I agree. Somehow, Definitely. you know. And, um, yeah, I should probably mention the stuff on the bottom. It's perfect time. Check us out on Twitter at Talking Rivals if you want to um, – Expand the conversation, give us some ideas or some comments or some cool trivia or just share stuff, share your thoughts on baseball. We're all we're welcome. And um, you can find me at Patrick Trotty, Chris at CP7NY, 
And you can find us at sportnarium.com slash player, which is the Sportswire uh, website with Tom Bryce. And we are streaming on Northeast Streaming Sports Channel on Roku. So if you search that, you find that on Roku, we'll be up there. There you go. And <laughs> and um, what was I going to say? Uh, I'm trying to segue it into good talk about baseball <laughs> and, you know, like positive. Like, yeah, let's yeah, let's get some positive quotes about Yankees um, and Red Sox and baseball. Yeah, I mean, we're getting to that time where it's, you know, time to look ahead, even though the, the rosters are far from finalized. Um, I guess not a prediction, but sort of prediction based. What are guys that you're either looking for a breakout season or a bounce back for the Yankees? Well, for bounce back, I mean, it's, it's easy with, uh, let's, I'll start with pitching. Uh, I think Severino has to be that number two starter behind Cole. You know, Cole, I think is going to be fine. I know, you know, a lot was said about the second half taking away the uh the the tacky stuff and all that and his horrible outing against Boston in the wild card game. But I think he'll be fine. I think Cole's going to be fine. So I'm not concerned about him. Severino's the guy that has to step up. He has to play he has to give you 30 starts this year, 25 starts. He has to be that number 2 because for, for me the Yankees are they got the 3 4 5 Six, seven, you know, they got all those starters behind. Yeah, I was gonna say between Cole and Montgomery, that's you just yeah. gotta fill in between. Yeah, and I think, but I think Montgomery can't really be, or I don't think he's the number two guy. I think no, he's the a perfect number three. I think he's solid, solid starter. And four and five, they're gonna figure out with the all the young arms they have, uh, you know, Cortez and and Schmidt and, and Hill and they got a bunch of those guys there. So I'm not worried about three, four, and five. That number two is key. And if they don't they, – they might sign, you know, Rondon. That, that's a possibility. You never know. Uh, there's still a lot of moves out there that, that they can make. But I'm just assuming we're going to stay with our starters. And Severino's the, the key, you know, because Cole's going to give you Cole – you know, he's going to give you ace numbers. I don't see him trending down yet. You know, he's still in his prime. But um, Severino, to me, is the key. Um, at least with the pitching. And then offensively, we need DJ LeMahieu to, to, you know, not break out, but to rebound after last year, playing as bad, you know, hitting as bad as he did and with the injury as well. Um, he's got to bounce back big time. And the other guy too is, is Torres. You know, Torres, definitely not a shortstop. And we learned that last year the hard way. Um, but once he moved back to second, he seemed like his stroke was coming back a little bit. And I think if, if if he comes back, if he hits the way he did beforehand, you know, gives you close to 300 or 280-ish batting average, 20 home runs, you know, 25. I don't think he'll be a 40 home run, 35 guy. I, I don't see that. But, you know, I think 20 home runs is, is doable for him. Yeah, I mean, he's shown you know? the flashes before, and it just seems like for some reason the power just went away last year. Yeah, was it the juice balls? With him and DJ LeMayu, I don't know. Um, that's what a lot of people say, but I'm hoping not. I'm hoping, you know, I don't like. I said I don't think we're going to get those the 30 home runs or whatever he hit that one year. Um, but uh, I, I definitely see him. I, I think he's just a solid, good, you know, just a good hitter, and maybe 
they'll realize that and they'll start saying, okay, forget about the the home runs. You know, you're not going to hit, you know, he went 33, 30 back-to-back years, 2018, he hit 18 and then 2019, he came back with 30. So can he get back to that? I don't know. I don't know if he could get back to 30 home runs if, if it was the quote unquote juice balls, but we'll see, but at least 25 home runs, but get that average back to like 285, 290. And we'll be all right. You know, the rest, I mean, Hicks, I'm not expecting a bounce back from him. I'm just, unfortunately, uh, you know, we'll probably see the injury from him again at some point. I'm hoping he's, you know, he's healthy for a hundred games, 110 games. I know that's probably a lot for him, but um, even when he was healthy, we've seen kind of a regression from him defensively and offensively. And that's not good for your center fielder who you got signed for a few more years. So, um, but though, I, I think mean, those, he's healthy. Yeah. It's always been about availability. He's mm-hmm. always been a pretty good player. So. Yeah. I mean, Sanchez would be another good bounce back. I don't know. I think he is what he is. You know, I, I think for me, and I've said it before, I think he's a DH backup catcher, not a starting catcher. To me, he's a backup catcher, more, you know, with more at bats at DH. And I think his numbers would get better. But unfortunately, on this team, there's too many DH at bats out there that are being taken, you know, between Stanton, Judge needs to get those at bats. Um, Gallo will probably get some. DJ, you know, like there's just yeah, too many guys getting those at around. bats. If we had that opening, it would be great. Sanchez could be your more or less DH and your backup catcher. I think it would be. I think on another team, he would be great. And I think that opens up as a possible trade candidate too, that especially with the national league getting the DH now, you know, you never know that somebody might come calling for him. So my prediction is always um, St. Louis Mm -hmm. trade him there, learn behind Yadier Molina for a year. And then if you can't catch after that, it's on him. (laughs) It does make a lot of sense. I mean, I would, that would be perfect. I just don't know what, what I don't know what his value is. Maybe yeah. I, you know his value probably went up a little bit now with the with the DH in the National League, but how much? How high is it? You know, is it? What are we getting back for him? So and right. the trade off. You know. Yep. So I'm looking at um, two guys for breakout seasons and one big question mark for uh, the Red Sox uh, for a rebound season. It's Chris Sale. He's, <laughs> I mean, you talk about um, your ace, Garrett Cole, putting up, you know, great numbers and then one wild card game. Eh, okay. The right. biggest time of the year. But Chris Sale, basically, it's, just, I mean, it, I know it was injuries, but um, they, he hasn't done anything in the playoffs. I'm um, looking up his postseason with Boston. Uh, he is one in three with a 6.35 ERA. Oof. You know what? Let me stop you there quick. Before we go any further, I made a mistake with Torres's numbers. I was looking at Odor's numbers. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah. Big, no, big difference because, you know, 2018, he had the 24 homers. Batting 271. 2019, he had 38 homers, batting 278. Yeah. And then last year, of course, he only hit nine. 
which so 51 RBI is there's somewhere in between. That's what I mean. I think a, a 20 ish. I think 20 ish he could do, you know, low 20s, but get yeah. that average up, you know, don't be swinging for the fences all the time. Now that you know, all right, you know, go for a try to get to a 280, 20 homers, you know, 80 ribbies. That would be, you know, pretty yeah. solid season. And I think that's what we got to aim for with him. But sorry about my mistake. I was just looking it over. I'm like, wait, that's not him. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just, I mean, Chris Sale, he's pitching to like a six and change ERA in the postseason. And I know it's small sample size, but it's it's over 30 innings. So it's, right. you know, yeah, you starting start. to become a trend. I mean, he did make the final out in 2018, the strikeout with Machado. But um, I think him coming back healthy and just, uh, with him, it's he's got the stuff. No one ever questioned his stuff. It's just staying healthy, and a lot of it is can he put on some weight so it's not just all on his shoulder and elbow, the strain. Right. But um, the two that I'm really looking forward to for breakout seasons is Alex Verdugo, the outfielder, mm-hmm. and Tanner Houck, the pitcher. I am, I've been on Tanner Houck's bandwagon since day one and i know he's he he hasn't been i don't think he's been used correctly they kind of they kind of did the java rules with him and not pitching every so often and when you do start you can only face batters two times through the order you can't go a third time i mean to me that just i mean i understand you want to stretch him out Right, want to increase his workload in, incrementally, but he's already twenty five, going on twenty six. I mean, these are. I know he's a, he's relatively new to the big leagues, but his rookie year he was twenty five. So this is his prime. Use it or lose it, and hmm. I want him to be a starter this year. And and they said that they're going to give him every opportunity to win his starting job in spring training whenever that is right yeah because after sale and avaldi sale avaldi pavetta one two and i guess pavetta is the three i I really yeah i I see pavetta as being less than montgomery so maybe a four and then who's after that yeah exactly (laughs) there's tanner Houck. there's uh your guy james paxton Oh, right. That's right. You guys signed Patrick. Rich Hill and Michael Walker. Mm. So we definitely went with um, the quantity over quality route. Yeah. Whereas right. not all seven men vying for the rotations are equal because right. the Yankees seven men or eight men or nine men right. bring training <laughs> rotation is a lot of young projectionable arms. Right. The Red Sox, it's, right. You're it's either for established a... veterans yeah. or just kind of bargain basement. Yeah, you're hoping more for like a bounce back, like Paxton. I don't know what to expect from him. Paxton, they signed him to a complicated two-year deal. It's He comes back sometime this summer, mm-hmm. and they basically give him $2 million for this year to pitch half a year. And then... If he if he vests into the option, it turns into another two years. 
the second year turns into a second and a third. So it's it's pretty much like two years, 20 million. But right. that's a lot of money for a guy that you don't know is going to be healthy. True. And then Michael Walker, I think, got seven million. And that's again. That one I don't understand. But I don't either. I mean, you could have just bundled that money together and gotten one, but right. One I really think they're gonna try to make a push for what I want the what I want the Red Sox to do is make a push for Clayton Kershaw mm. after the lockout ends. That'd be slot him in right after Evald Sale, Evaldi, Kershaw. Oof. That's see, that sounds a lot better than what we just said after yeah. those top two guys. It slots everybody back in their in their right, right. place and yeah, now you got Pavetta as your four starter. Four, and then How slash whoever. Right, whoever yeah. wins the spot, the ones don't either get cut or get put into the bullpen as a long reliever. Yeah, exactly. And I just think that um, makes sense. I feel bad. Actually, I feel really bad for fifth starters in the major leagues. I know. Because we're always like, ah, eh, just a fifth guy. Right. Whoever. <laughs> But the, it's sad, but that's what they end up being like yeah. oh, this guy. And it's usually a guy just barely hanging on to his rotation spot or going to f- go to the bullpen or, you know, a guy like we had last year with Cortez, you know, like he was, he was amazing. He was probably our MVP down. Yeah, down it was like Swiss Army knife. yeah. I mean, it's great. It was great to have him. That's why, but I don't want to pencil him in as a starter because yeah, he's solid as a starter, but, Imagine him being in the bullpen as that long reliever, you know, and you hope that one of these other guys steps up. Like, does Schmidt finally take that mantle as this high pri- – you know, this prospect that was ready to, to, you know, let's see if he does it this year. That's what I'm hoping for. But you never know. But the more guys you have on there, the better shot – one of them's going to – you know, one of them's going to work out. Like with you guys, you have all these arms. One of them is going to – you, you hope. just hope that one clicks early yeah. on in the season. Yeah. And they don't you don't want somebody to, you know, finally get it together in September. Right. <laughs> where you're struggling the whole year and then, right. oh yeah, I found my stuff. That's great. You know, they're hoping maybe squeeze out whatever you can out of one of these guys. And then if he starts to like say Rich Hill, give him two or th- if they if you get two or three decent months out of him, then you might get Paxton coming back. And then you get Paxton back in the summer. Yeah. I think they're going to go with Sale, Avaldi, Pavetta, Hauk, Rich Hill. Those five. Give Hill the month of April. If he's pitching anywhere like he is capable of, like an under four, under four and a half ERA, just keep him out there. Yeah. If he's not, bring Waka in from the bullpen, give him some starts. And just kind of play around with that fifth spot, but but the other guy I, I kind of just breezed over him is Alex Verdugo. He um, he's another guy. He's young. He's young to the big leagues, but he's already twenty six. Right. So this so. is this is time to get it going, and he's he's had some decent run with the Red Sox and he was it's a shame that he's always mentioned as the Mookie Betts return because he's only one of three pieces but every time he gets up in the batter's box it's and he was traded for Mookie Betts right so it's like the the expectations are just I liken him to Benintendi when he was with the Red Sox 
not not a lot of power good good at everything but not great at anything and i could i could see him if if they keep him around i could see him taking the mantle from a guy not to say that he's this good but taking the mantle from a guy like bogarts as mm. far as the heart and soul and hustle and yeah he's all like that he's he's got something about him that um do you see more power coming from him? No, you see, like, I'd rather I'd rather have him focus on his average. And, yeah, because he's got the potential to be a three hundred hitter. Mm. If, if he, I'm afraid that he does. He might do what Torres did, and kind of screw up the swing and go for the fences, yeah. and then you ended up with a two fifty guy. Right. I'd yeah. rather have him just be really good at everything than exceptional power. And then lose some things with the contact. So, and he doesn't have to be right now with that lineup. He doesn't have yeah. to be the main power source. That's true. Do you see a guy like Duran maybe breaking out? Yeah, that was another. He's listed under under my question marks. It's yeah. is Duran and Bobby Dahlback are they everyday starters or are they complementary pieces? Right. I think they're complementary. I'm not a fan of Dahlback at all. But you look at his stats at the end of the year, put up mid-20s home runs, almost 80 RBIs, but he doesn't get on base. I think he walked I think he walked 25 times this year and struck out over 100. Wow. Almost 200 maybe. I mean, and he doesn't play good defense at all. So, And our top prospect is the first baseman coming up. So, Yeah, Cat. Cassis, right? Cassis. Yeah, he was he was incredible over in, with the Olympics. Um, just light tower power and a better, I think, a better athlete than Dahlback. But I mean, the question there's a lot of question marks. Like you were saying with the rebounding players for the Yankees, with the Red Sox, it's just question mark after question mark. I have like Matt Barnes. I mean. I, I I haven't said it for a couple episodes, but I'll say it again. <laughs> Matt Barnes had his best year, and his ERA was higher than Araldis Chapman's worst year. Mm. So, so what you're saying is you're not confident. So what I'm saying is he shouldn't be our closer, <laughs> but he's going to be. Right. Because <laughs> we signed him to – I think we signed him to a three-year – Three years, twenty-four million, twenty-seven million, which isn't yeah. too bad. No, no, but, that's that's not a lot. But he's never going to throw. He's never going to be a closer that throws to like a one-five or two ERA. He's a now, high wire act. Is there any talk of Whitlock? Whitlock? Oh, that's right. That's the other guy I was thinking of. Right, Whitlock, or any chance of Hawk becoming the closer? I could see. I would. Ideally, if they don't, if they're going to do the baby gloves with Hauk and pitch him four or five innings as a starter, you know what? Put him in the bullpen, do the seventh and eighth inning, mm -hmm. and then do Whitlock as the closer and yeah. try to trade Barnes for somebody. That wouldn't be bad. So you, you could either bolster the bullpen and have like the four and five starters be kind of eh, or you could have a above average rotation and an above average bullpen for me i would put him in the bullpen because then he he'll be able to pitch in more games you know yep. if you have him pitch four or five innings a game 
<clears throat> as a starter. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, if he pitches good. five innings a game and he makes twenty-five starts, yeah. What's that? A hundred and twenty-five innings, hundred and fifty innings as a starter. If he pitches an inning or two for like eighty games, either way, he's going to be pitching in the mid one hundred innings, probably. Right. You get more. You get about the same amount of innings, but more important. Right, as the bullpen, right. That's the other thing. They're more important innings, and there's more, and there's more games as well. Yep. So, I, if they're going to keep them to four innings a start, I think they rarely stretched them up beyond three, three or four last year. Yeah. And I was trying to look his minor league stuff, and he was drafted as a starter. Right. Was and he hurt I, or something? Did he have an injury? Is that why they were? He had elbow issues. I know he had like forearm tightness and whatnot. Okay. Maybe that's why. Yeah. He, he had 18 games last year, 13 starts, and in total, he pitched 69 innings. Hmm. That's. But he had 87 strikeouts in, 50, in 69 innings. Yeah. So he's averaging 11 strikeouts per nine. So yeah. Stuff is there. It's just it's just a matter of if they think that he's going to take that next step and they want to stretch him out. Right. Yeah, that, that's an he's an interesting, you know, player right there because it could go either way, you know. Yeah. He's either going to be then, Yeah, I mean, I just I just have question marks up and down this roster. I'm looking at the roster now and I mean, the ones that I can put in with a pen is Devers, Bogarts, and J.D. Martinez. Wherever you want to slot them in the lineup is fine with me. Two, three, four, three, four, five. But after that, it's, there's question marks. Like, where does Kike Hernandez play? Because he was playing almost gold glove center field, the metrics say, last year. Right. But if you bring in Duran and you brought back Jackie Bradley Jr., and he's a tremendous center fielder. So where do you put Kiki then? He also plays second base. Ah, so maybe they'll move him back to and second. And they need a second baseman, so they move him to second. But he had a career year last year, so if it's not broke, you don't want to try to f- tweak it. Yeah. And Jackie Bradley is coming off, I think he was batting 160 last year. Yeah. Which is yeah. But he's he's one of my he's a fan favorite. He's one of my favorites. What he does with the glove is incredible. He's a great defensive center fielder. Right. If he could just bat 225, 230. But I mean has there been like what is uh, talking a lot about the Red Sox outfield is the Yankees outfield is it pretty much what they had last year with the addition of Hicks uh, for Gardner. I, you know what he, uh, Cashman did mention, you know, before the lockout that Centerfield was one of the positions that he was going to try to upgrade. So I don't think it's, I don't, I, you know, I don't think it's going to be definitely Hicks. I'm sure they're going to try to bring in a guy. It's just a matter of who. I mean, you know, Marte signed. You know, I didn't, I didn't think they were going to go for that much for Marte, so I didn't think. Yeah, that was a little overpay, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think they're going to look at you know, 
in the direction of a trade. You know, um, I one of the guys that always kept coming up was uh, Max Kepler from Minnesota because he could play all the positions, basically. Yeah, you mentioned him a while ago. I'm surprised they didn't. I think they're still trying to figure out if they're in it this year or if they're going right. to do a total rebuild. They're in the middle. They're, I think they're in the middle because they also have, and you know it too, is they do have some guys coming up that are, you know, that are going to make an impact, you know, a lot of. And they just signed Buxton. Right. So, you know, they're, they're right in the middle and outside of the White Sox, the central, you know, you, you got a shot at, at the central. I'm not saying the White Sox are very good, but, you know, they still got to replace Rondon, right? Did, did they sign yeah. him? Uh, no, they no one signed him yet because of injury concerns. Right. And the White Sox haven't played. Before they got pretty much, I think they got swept by Houston, right? In the playoffs? Yeah, I think so. Early exit. Yeah. Before that, they didn't play in a meaningful game in months. They kind of coasted through the second half of the year. Right. So I think that, you know, when you look at them, when you look at that division, I mean, it's the White Sox, the, the Guardians, the Tigers, the Royals, and the Twins. I mean... Yeah, the White Sox are good. I could, I could see any of those other teams winning 70 or 85. Yeah. Like, it could go either way. I mean, I, I guess they're all in it, but. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think they're all they're all going to be mashed up together. I You know, I still think the White Sox are, you know, the best team in the division, but, you know. You lose Rondon, you still got Lynn, you still got Giolito, you got Cease, you got Keiko. So they're not horrible, obviously, even losing Rondon, even if they just went with the guys they have. So, um, yeah. but that division to me is up, you know, after the White Sox, you know, maybe, especially if they add the, add the extra wild card, whether it's one or two teams. Definitely. So the Twins are going to be like, hey, you know what, we could go for it here. You know, we, we could you know, maybe add another player and we'll, we'll be good to go. So, um, yeah, the twins rotation leaves, uh, leaves me wanting more. So, yeah, that's, that's, I think they have one of the kids coming up this year. Right. Um, um, what's his name? Um, Woods Richardson. There was one with like a hyphenated, I want to say Simeon. And they also got a Jordan Balzovic. That's another yeah. guy. So we'll see. I mean, I think what I'm looking forward to the most outside of the, the Red Sox Yankees stuff is what Oakland does. Right. Because I think Oakland could really test their money ball theory this year <laughs> if they strip it down all the way and rebuild. And that's what's supposed to be happening, right? I mean, that's that was the word that the A's were up for sale. Not the team, but you know, all the players were up for sale, and it was. Uh, I could see them trading like upwards of five or six people out of their twenty-five man roster, twenty-six man roster. Yeah, I wonder if the 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 good news that they got with their stadium deal, like they might be getting a new stadium, it, it passed the. It passed some of the environmental and the boards and the city yeah, council stuff. So maybe that changes their strategy. Like, Until oh, so there's a shovel in the ground. Right. I know that's still, they're still like five years away. Probably. Probably. Yeah. 
I mean, Chapman and Olsen are not going to see that new stadium unless they unless they sign a seven-year deal. And it's got to be kind of team-friendly, too. You know, it can't be yeah. one of those, uh, you know, $35 million a year <laughs> deals. Yeah, um, I don't see that. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be interesting. Like, you know, because like, obviously the Yankees are, you know, connected to Olsen. I know they were connected to Chapman early on with maybe moving him to, to short. I didn't understand that at all. I, I didn't think that was a that one. Yeah, I thought that was a reach. I mean, so I I mean I would love to me first base. You know, um, it has to be one of three guys, right? It can't be Voight. You can't go into this season with Voight as your starting first baseman because the guy gets hurt too much. I like Voight a lot too. I I don't mind any of his stuff that he does. I actually like. You know, his celebrations and all that. I think that's cool. I that's what this team needs sometimes. So I don't I don't dislike the guy. I just think going into a season with a guy who gets hurt every season is not a good strategy to have, especially when you have nothing behind him. You know? So and to me, Lemay Lemay, you can't be the first base option. So to me, it's either Rizzo, go big for Freeman. Or go big in a trade for Olsen. You know, that to me is their three options. Is there a fourth option? I, I thought a Bell from Washington, maybe, because Washington. That's true. Um, maybe. I don't know. I, I just, I always ask that question because there's got to be, maybe there's someone else it's out It's got to be a trade. It's, I mean, yeah. the free agent market is. Yeah, it's, it's very just bad. Three men and then. Yeah, and nothing. So. I, I mean, it, if I was a fan of the Yankees, I'd rather have them spend money than use prospects. So, right. There's a way you can get Freeman or Rizzo. I mean, Olsen's great too, but I think they're going to, I think Oakland's going to be asking too much. Yeah. Olsen, uh, you know, the name always comes up is Peraza, Volpe. Obviously, he's probably untouchable, but maybe you get, you give up Peraza because if you got Volpe coming up in a year or two, you don't really need that shortstop, but Peraza is supposed to be special. You know, he's another one. He's one of their top prospects. And do you want to just give him up? Because um, then you got to sign uh, Olsen. Yeah. You know, I think he's a free agent in another year. So, um, yeah, outside of Freeman, Rizzo, the other options at first are Mitch Moreland and Travis Shaw. So not great options at first. But um, – so that that to me is at, at first. That's why I think Voight's going to be a guy that they're going to look to trade. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think I think we're in similar situations. Voight and Dahlbeck, are right. both controllable, not spring chickens, not like twenty one years old, right? But they're still relatively young, and and they'll both, if they're healthy, they can both put up in the thirty home run range. It's just staying healthy and what they're going to do defensively and yeah. And the market out there is, it's actually a good time to be trading a first baseman. Yeah. Cause there's not many options out there. And I think Voight yeah. to me, he's not horrible at first. I mean, he's not great either, but he's like average, you know, he's just right. an average. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to kill you at first, but he's not going to save you games either. So um, I just think if you're not playing him at first, Obviously, we're going back to the Sanchez thing. He's not going to get any any DH at bats, so that's out. So you kind of you kind of stuck with him because what are you going to do? Like where where is he going to get at bats if he's not the starting first baseman? What so, about trading? What about signing Rizzo 
trading Voight for an everyday catcher, like packaging Sanchez and Voight. Because if you trade Sanchez, mm-hmm. you're going to be wanting something back. You're going to be creating a hole there, a void. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're going to need to replace that with a subsequent t- trade. Right. So maybe use Voight to sweeten the pot and get a young, controllable catcher. That would be ideal. You'd probably have to put in another prospect, you know, a decent prospect in there. Because like we were saying before, I don't know if Sanchez, I don't know where his value is. And I don't know where Voight's value is either. Um, you know, I mean, if they're healthy, they both, I mean, you're looking at combined, what, 60 home runs a year? You would think so. If they if they both play, you know, 100 and something games. If they you get know, at that. Yeah, that's the big thing with them. And um, I would I would do that in a heartbeat. But you got to get the other the other team to, you know, that yeah. would want that. I don't, you know, I, again, I don't know what their values are out there. I don't know what other teams look at. Do and the second put somebody out there on the trade market, mm-hmm. their value goes down. Right. You can't just call up a GM and be like, by the way, I really want to get rid of this player. He's right. great. Don't get me wrong. Because that word, that's going to go throughout the whole league once he says yeah. that. Right. Because <laughs> that guy's going to call up everybody else and be like, hey, yeah. just. Just or once you go. sign Rizzo or Freeman, right? Then Voits, your your leverage is nil. I'm curious. I'm curious too. Like during this whole lockout, our teams. I know they're not supposed to talk about players that are on the forty man, but I wonder if they're talking right now. You know, behind the scenes, saying, "Hey, I you think know, they are." Right? I would think so. And we'll there's see. There's gonna. I know there's gonna be a flurry of moves. It's yeah, just a matter right away of- too. And how can you prove that some of these were, were done illegally right. behind closed doors when they shouldn't have been? And, and think about it. The players will want to get it done quick as soon as possible because they're going to start spring training right, you know, not the next yeah. day, but it's going to be within a week or so. So, you know, the players will want to know, hey, where am I going? Where am I going to be living for the next year, you know, or so? So I, I think they're going to want to get the, the deals done quickly as possible, too. So I'm sure they're, you know, probably telling their agents, hey, let me know where I'm going. So I know what to, what I'm, you know, where I know, you know, where to move and, you know, if they have families and all that stuff. So it, it's going to be an interesting time once this this lockout is over. You know, once it's over, it's going to be just a complete, you know, poop show of moves signing yeah it's a whirlwind of yeah which is great you know for baseball i think that's it's going to soften the blow a little bit of the lockout you know with all the moves not enough obviously but it's going to soften it a little bit because you know the fans again you know we're all going to be like oh my god this guy you know every day it's going to be a different move uh we're going to see all these moves happening so it's going to be interesting because and then with the yankees just to add you know from the yankee side you got the the looming judge extension. I was just going to ask. I was <laughs> so going to. Yep, I was saving that. Yeah, I saw where Judge. I I guess he said in a newer interview or recent right. interview that he's not going to negotiate during the season. If that's the if that's the case, the Yankees have a dilemma right now. They have a really big decisions to make this off season because. Now, like, this is your last year that you control. Next offseason, it becomes a free agent. So 
So during it's technically under contract for two years? Uh, no, no, just this year. Just this year? Yeah, he's a free agent next offseason. Wow. So they got to decide now. It's kind of like, where do we go from here? Like, okay, if he doesn't want if, – if we can't get it done – soon within a month or two when whenever let's say if the cba ends this week you know then you got then you got your timeline to get it done right and then if you don't get it done then what do you do like do you trade him mid-season if he's having a good year because if he gets hurt at some point his value is going to be nothing again you know or not nothing compared to what it is right now right now it's at its peak it's not going to get any higher so if you're going to trade him if the if one of two things they got to go if in their mentality in their thought process like okay if we're gonna sign him let's get it done now give him what you know whatever it is and, and get it done or at least offer it to him say here give him your best offer if it's seven years if it's six years if it's five I'm not sure I keep on I'm saying I mean obviously you try to lowball the guy but I would give him more money and less years. Yeah, like five for one. Five for two hundred. Yeah. That's See if it. He takes that. I don't. I don't know if he'll take that, but he might want. He's going to say no to two hundred million dollars. What did? Uh, what did? Uh, what did? What's his name? But say, Soto is also much younger. I know. Much it's, younger. Different, it's a whole different situation, but we've seen them say no to that. I and will the Yankees want to offer that? I don't even know if they want to go that high because think about it. You got a guy now in judge. Basically, he's going to be Stanton in a couple of years, right? A guy that's going to need DH at bats, is not going to play the field a lot, you know, as much. If we didn't have Stanton, I would have signed him right now to a seven-year deal. Seven-year deal, make him your captain, do the whole thing. That's what I would do with judge because then I know in a couple of years, I'm going to have him DH for, you know, more than half his at bats. Can he play first base? I haven't seen it yet. Um, sure, that wouldn't be a bad idea because he's he's a big dude too, so it's a good t- big target at first. Um, that's not a bad option, I guess. But you know, is that is that in the? Th- I don't know. Is that something else in the thought process? Like, oh, in a couple of years, we'll just move him the first. It's it's easier said than done, obviously. Yeah, of course. From both sides, you know, from the from the player, does he want to do that? Number one and number two, is he going to be able to learn it to become a a decent first baseman, an average first baseman. It's that's that's a hard thing to you yeah. know tell. And you know, in years past, you know, we've seen it. We we went over it with our all-time lineups. How many guys changed positions as they got older and they did it well? I mean, you know, we could go on forever talking about those guys. Didn't Mickey Mantle end up as a first baseman at the end? Yeah. Yeah. You know, some guys went the opposite, you know, with BGO yeah. went from catcher to second to yeah. the outfield. Yeah, no, I'm I'm saying it just I was yeah, just no. thinking out loud. I didn't think – I mean, it's it's not as easy as it sounds. No, but, I mean, it's definitely – it should be an option because where else are you going to put this guy, um, you know, in a couple of years when his body maybe starts to break down? I mean, he's already had some kind of injury history, you know, may not be, you know, horrible injuries, but they were injuries. So yeah. – um, and you got to take into – like, we've never seen a guy this big, you know, play the outfield. No, we just didn't see it. You know, this is a football player ba- playing baseball, basically. Yeah, and we've never really seen this, so we don't know how I, it's going to turn out. I think both teams are in similar situations again in in their star player. 
is coming up. I mean, Bogarts is similar to Judge in that he's at a premium position now. Right. He can opt out at the end of the year, which he will. He's not going to stay for $20 million a year because he signed the six years, 120. Right. But there's an opt out. So he's going to opt out and he's going to want shortstop money. He's seen all these guys get, I mean, Corey Seager, they're obviously younger, but right. he's like, look, I've proved it in Boston and I'm a shortstop and you got to pay me as such. Right. So he's going to want 30 a year instead of 20 a year. But he does he stay at shortstop that, that this whole contract? He's, He's getting up there in age, just what like Judge. He? And is he 28, and 29? He's 29 and a half. Mm, okay. That's older than I so, thought. Yeah. I mean, is he gonna want is he gonna want to move from shortstop? Is he gonna want one last contract or is he gonna want a second bite at free agency in his mid thirties? Well, if he's 28 and a half, 29, say. He's 29, 29 and a half. Okay. Oh, 29 and a half. Oh. Yeah. Okay. October 1st, he turns 30. Oh, wow. So at the yeah. end of this year, he turns 30. So this okay. is his contract. This is. Right. So he'll probably. making peanuts now, but. Yeah. So he won't take the short. I think he wants one more big one. So you would think at least six years, seven years. Right. But how many of that, if you're paying premium, like right. all that isn't at short. Right, it's going to be some at second or third, I would think. So right? the comp would be Marcus Simeon. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And what did he get? I think he got seven for one seventy-five. Okay. Would you do that? Yeah, because two years ago he signed six for one twenty. So if you're saying the the appreciation, yeah, it's almost thirty a season, right? Yeah, I was going to say five. I'm stuck on five years for some reason. Right. But <laughs> yeah, I was going to say five more. and give him a little more money. Yeah. He'll probably want more because he's 29 going, you know. Be yeah, 30 and, then, and then Devers wants his money too. Right. What do you do with him? And you said you want to I think he's destined to be DH or first base. Oof. I'm paying a guy just to be a DH. I mean, it's worked out in Boston before, but right. that young. I know. And you can't move at the age. And and if you know if everything works out for you, you got your first baseman coming up for the next decade. This Boston's year. always been good at getting corner infielders. Right. And corner outfit. It's like I, I really want them to invest in young pitching. Is that a possibility? A, like right field for them? Right field is Seven. really tough in Fenway. Yeah. Is it juts out? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You need uh, and left field is yeah, hits off the wall and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I think it's third base, first base, or DH or Devers. Mm. And he's gonna want three hundred million. Oof. That's that's a more interesting one than than Bogarts. Bogarts, I yeah. think you know. All right, let's you can find a way to get Bogarts. Yeah, one hundred fifty million to and you can move him to second. Yeah, and he's athletic enough that if you had to, you could put him in the outfield without even. If within that. three years the Red Sox trade Mookie Betts and let Dever and trade Devers, that's not a good look. 
Yeah. Oof. Man, can they get away with that? You'd have to. I mean, what would a trade package be like? It's got to be around what they got for bets, right? I think it's got to be more because Betts was going to be a free agent. Devers has like a year or two of of arbitration. Oh, okay. That's if they do it this year, right? Okay. Yeah. If they did it right now, they'd have to get – I mean, it would be similar to Judge. Yeah, I would you think know, so. Well, Replacement-level ready player and then some young talent. But here's the thing. Devers is only 24, right? 25? Yeah. That's much younger than than Judge. Judge, yep. you got one year of – Judge is an all – he's all world de- defense. Yeah, right. But, but he's a little yeah, bit older. I mean, Thing. It's and tough comparing man. different positions, but yeah, that's a it's interesting. Yeah, no, because so you don't think there's any chance that even if they do sign Devers, you don't think he could stay at third? You think he's that much of a I think he stays at third for a couple of years. If it's more than um I don't think he sees third base past age 30 at the most. Oh, and that's no. being generous. Well, okay, let's say if he sees another four years. That's actually not bad because in four years, you'll know if Cassis is the real deal at first, obviously. Exactly. And then you could yeah, have that's a good way of looking years. at it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mean, I'm looking up his defense and um, he's never put up a pause. He's put up a zero defensive war one year. Right. Everything else was negative. Hmm. So it's um, and I don't. I mean, because he has a. You know what? It's it's crazy. But if if the situation was the opposite, like if Bogarts was twenty four, and if Devers was the twenty nine year old, or going into his year twenty nine age, yeah. I would say in a heartbeat, sell Dev. I mean, trade Devers, but sign Bogarts to the big. 10-year deal. Yeah. Right? Easily. 10 years, 300 million, whatever you want to, whatever number you come up with. But I would sign him to the long-term deal without even batting an eye because you know it's short or second or maybe third, right? Yeah, because he did come up as a, he came up in a pinch that 2013 year and played. Third. Right, right. So I, I think um, this, it being the opposite it kind of confuses things because now it's like, you know, going back with, with Bogarts, is he going to be okay going to second? I think he will be. I think he's, he seems like that type of player that he'll be like, yeah, I'll, I'll move to second eventually, you know, maybe not right away, but if they sign him to a, you know, six, seven year deal, he'll probably say, yeah, I'll stay it short until I'm not playing well, you know, or whatever. Right. So, but the Devers thing is tough because where do you put him? He made 22 errors in 151 games last year at third. Yeah, that's not good for a third baseman. 22 um, errors is okay for a shortstop, but not for a third baseman. He was below average in range, below average. I mean, he's not he's not getting to as many baseballs as other third basemen are. And when mm-hmm. he does get to them, he's making more errors. Yeah. So Definitely all around, not. that's just not good. Definitely. But not. then he makes these outstanding. I mean, he'll make yeah. the outstanding play, and then 
the everyday play, it's just like you're he's he's head scratching because he's still he's still young. He's still right. He could still get better. I would I would assume yeah. he's twenty four. So look, he's never going to be Nolan Arenado, right? Of but, but you see his. But you know what? You see his um, his error totals every year is in the twenties. Yeah. Right. That's which is tricky because you would think it's confusing because you would think that um, with his quick hands at the plate, right, it will translate. But we'll see. So what is it? I guess it's his footwork that's not good, or it's a little of both because his throws aren't. I mean, he airmails some, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was always a bat-first prospect, so. Yeah. That's the bigger issue with the Red Sox. They, The left side of their infield is great up at bat. Right, but the... I mean, the, they're the middle of the lineup. Yeah. So that covers some of the warts defensively, but... Yeah. Yeah, it, that, those are two interesting decisions to make right there. You know, sign him long term. I offensively, obviously, easily Devers is he's great offensively. But yeah, like you said, where, where do you move? I think you're going to play the the wait and see game, like you said, with Cassis. Mm-hmm. See if Cassis comes up and look if Cassis is like you know top five rookie of the year voting this year. Yeah, then you get then you, you know, know then then the problem solves itself. At first, but that at but first, that, and then you keep Devers at third slash DH for and a you while. Move on from JD Martinez after this year. Yeah, that that's what so I Martinez would. is in his last year. Yeah, and he's what, and he's mid thirties, right? Yeah, he's older. Yeah, and I mean, we're talking about all these contracts. What, what you brought it up before? What do you think about the Soto news? Uh, I think it's smart on his part, you know, because he knows he's going to get ridiculous money eventually so you know he may as well wait it out a couple of years uh but does does he end up with washington is is he gonna you know is washington gonna let him go too like you had price hopper and you let him go are are you gonna let another superstar walk out or trade him i think i think you gotta trade him me i i mean i'm a yeah i don't know i this guy is going to be all world for the, and he's young. I would sign him to a 10 year, you know, $400 million deal. Let him you turn out somebody $400 million for 10 years at this age. Yeah. I would sign him right now though, for that. I wouldn't wait. I wouldn't wait till he no. gets the agency right now. So I think. What the heck is Tampa Bay doing? How did they get away with getting Franco for 182? I don't know. That's crazy. That's another guy who's a all world talent. And, you know, I mean, he's Soto's obviously betting on himself. You know, he's betting on himself that in a few years, hey, I'm just going to keep doing what I do. And my contract. I I think he trade him now instead of letting him walk later. I don't think I don't think you can do what they did with Harper. No, you can't. You can't let a superstar walk out of the out of the room in maybe even before his prime hits for no compensation. Right. You just can't. At least with the Yankees, right? Not that Judge is a superstar, but he's up there. I mean, he's one of the best players in the league. You can't let him walk out the door. So you either, to me, like I said before, sign him this year, or you got to trade him. Simple as that. You can't wait yeah. because you you wait till the 
All right, then we'll wait till next. Once you wait till next off season, other teams are going to get involved, and you know someone's going to someone's going to outbid you because the Yankees are not going to give them more than at least I don't think they'll give them more than six years, seven at the most. I don't even think they'll give them that much, but somebody will be willing to do it. You know that that could say, all right, hey, in a couple of years you'll be our DH. You know, and that's it. Yankees don't have that option because we're stuck with Stanton. Not stuck with him. I mean, he's he's still a good really good hitter so <laughs> i hate being stuck with a guy like stan but it's a good problem to have right but he just kind of freezes up your your dh spot that's the only bad thing with him you know even if he plays more he's going to play more right field left field this year so but it's not going to be anywhere near enough to you know start giving more dh at bats you know to someone else so definitely some big news i i like I said, Soto, I would if I'm Washington, yeah, they, they did the right thing to offer him something, but offering something that you think that there's a chance of him accepting. There was no way he was going to take that offer. No. No. And just to give Yankee to put it in context for Yankee fans and, and fans that follow the AL East, um, on the website baseball trade values, which is pretty it's I mean, you have to realistically the simulator is not just like fantasy trades. You right. have to match them up uh, numbers-wise. He is worth, Soto is worth, the median number that they put on it is 224. To give you an idea, hmm. the number for, what are we looking at, Volpe? Right. 59. So it would cost four and a half Volpes. It cost four Volpes and one Dominguez. <laughs> okay, the bigger question. What team is in a position to make a trade for him? The Yankees. They have four prospects? Oh, they, they'd have to choose. Look, Volpe. Dominguez. 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 That gets you to 85. <laughs> oh, God. That gets you to a third. <laughs> then you throw in Peraza. That gets you over 100. You throw in Loisaga. That gets you more than halfway there. And by the way, on this website, he's not even available to trade for. Because why would they have any interest in trading him? Right. I mean, he's 20, what, 2? 20, 23 years old. 23. Like you can't trade Judge in this simulator. I would, I'm telling you, if I'm Washington, sign him. 10 years, $400 million. But and I mean, Soto, we're just doing this off the cuff and think right. about what the Yankees could would have to offer. I think the Nationals would be nuts not to take it. Oh. If they gave them Volpe, Peraza, Dominguez, Luizaga, Eel. <laughs> I mean, I don't think the Yankees would do that. No, no, of course not. I'm just right. saying... But no, it'd be crazy for any team to say no to that if they had a, you know, if they had a, even the greatest player like Soto. I mean, this guy's going to be a three. If you get, my point is, if you get commiserate with his talent, compensation wise, right? I think you got to take it. Definitely. If you're not willing to spend four hundred million, get get four starters, couple position players, couple pitchers for the next decade. If I'm listen, if I'm Washington and I'm like the face you gave me, like you would give him 400 million. If they're thinking the same thing, like I'm not giving this guy 40 million dollars a year, he's if worth really it, think that, but... right? I think he's worth it, but if that's the way they, you know, if they don't think they could do it, 
then like you said, trade him now because what if I'm not saying he will, but what if he what if he starts to regress? I don't I'm just saying, I mean he, he's young, but what if this year he starts getting hurt? You know, he starts showing that aspect of his, you know, maybe he he's not, but what if that happens? Then his value is going to start to go down. Right now, you like you said, you're going to get four or five Devers prospects. Devers' value is 61, and wow. Soto is 224. So there you go. Start with Devers on for you guys. Who else? Yes. So just so I'm playing down the middle here, <laughs> I'll trade Devers, our top pick, Meyer, Marcelo Meyer, mm-hmm. and Tristan Cassis. And that and doesn't even get to throw him uh, Verdugo too because you're going to need him to play right field Verdugo and that would get you to 38 plus 107 145 that would get you to 200 that's that's not a bad start right there I think yeah but that's the two top prospects mm-hmm. a borderline MVP <laughs> and a 20 home run 280 outfielder and that's just starting the conversation. So I just don't want Yankee fans to say, oh, look, you're trading away all the Yankees to get right. Soto. I I wouldn't do it either way. Right. So there you go. With the Red Sox or the Yankees. That's right? why to me, I, I'm going to try to sign them now. But maybe that's part of their negotiating. They, they start a little low. Maybe they'll get them. Maybe they, they thought, all right, maybe we'll get them to sign a, a Franco. Maybe chip away at the $500 million asking price. I'm sure that's what it's going to, and I don't blame the kid. You know, I mean, that's. So I think Spot you... Track had him at 15 for 503. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what is that average? Uh, 15 times 30 is 450. Okay. So another, so that's, that's only 33 a year. <sighs> only. But I mean, the annual number. At the end of that contract is going to be good. It's just the five. I mean, five hundred millions, insane. I know. Because t- we have 50, oh, 15 years at twenty, and he's twenty-two, so thirty-seven, thirty-eight. That's, that's a big risk. I'd rather give him ten for five hundred. If I'm going to go that direction, I, I wonder if he would take that, that with a straight face. I wonder if he would take that. Yeah. 500 million? Would he take that? 10 for 500? Mm-hmm. He would take that? No. I, how do you say no to the 500 million? So that's why I would start 10 for 350 and then work your way to then like. It, it, I know, think like, his number is 500. He wants to be the first right. 500. Yeah. And I think their number is closer to 300. Right. Which is not going to, not getting it done. So meet in the middle. Give him 40. 10 years, 400. Yeah. I think, that, and that's, <laughs> even that when you think about it, it's just disgusting, right? It's, million yeah, on multiple levels, but it's, yeah. but look, I mean, regardless of the money, I, I'm against giving anybody more than seven years. It just he's doesn't the, end well. Right. But he's the one guy you could get away with it because he's 22, 23 years old. Anybody older. You're you're getting. I wouldn't. Right. Anybody like 27, 26? No. But 22, 23, and he's already, you know, this great player who's going to hit three something every year, thirty home runs. He may even get higher. Year deal. I'm saying no. 
if I'm the national. Yeah, 15, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would do 15. 10, I would do right now. I would say 10 years, 400 million. Right now, I would do. I don't know if I would go higher, like, because then you're getting into that 35, 36, 37 year range. And do you want to pay this guy $40 million a year at that, you know? Yeah, like the middle of that contract might be really good and, and almost a bargain. But right. the end of it might. Because that's what the and that's what the Yankees are, are looking at with Stanton, right? Stanton's making like $20 million a year now or something. Yeah. That's a bargain for him. You know, you're not getting that type of player for $20 million a year. No. So that's the way they look at it with him. And is that, but I think it's amazing to think like that's where like $400 million is going to be a bargain. I saw something on Twitter. Do you, do we see a billion dollar contract in the next 20 years? If it keeps going in the same direction that we're, we're talking, yeah, absolutely. But, and we don't even know the first billion dollar. Obviously, we don't know, but no. I don't even think they're in the pipeline. Right. But I think it's because say Dominguez comes up. He could get a $500 million contract. Mm-hmm. If he hits the way he's supposed he hits to. It right. Yeah. Like Soto. Perfect. I mean, if he does what Soto does in five years, maybe you do. I don't know. I, I just. But here's the other thing. Like we talk about baseball and it's trending down. Wouldn't the financials trend down too? Like along with the, if the attendance the, going down and everything else, is yeah. there going to be a, a, you know, is it, is there going to be a, a reprieve or is there going to be a comeback for baseball? Or is it, or are we looking at a, a steady Slow decline? decline? I think it's just going to stay pat. I think it's just going to level out. I don't think they're going to, I don't think the game of baseball is going to grow much, but it's not right. going to, I don't, I don't see it declining as much as some people think. Right. What's that, that saying, uh, report or news of my demise has been greatly exaggerated or, I mean, I, I don't think, I think it's easy to say that, obviously baseball is a problem but, yeah. but I think there's always going to be passing it down from father to son and mother to daughter with softball and I think there's going to be enough people out there where it stays at least where it is now yeah and there's no shame in being second to football no they'll never get to football ever no that's out that's football's a monster and it's not going anywhere they're going to be number one forever they just got to hope to stay at number two or get back to number two. Cause I don't know if they're number two anymore. You know, like is, is the NBA past them? You know, I don't know. The NBA on the move changed from, like I said, the nineties were like, you know, you come down the, the lane, you're going to get close lined. Right. Now it's, you can't touch a guy and we're putting up threes from the mid court logo. And so I think baseball, does baseball revert back to more contact, put it in play like Billy ball? Or is it just as simple as like everyone digs the long ball and that's what's going to put seats, fans in the seats? Are they going to go back to a juice ball? Because I don't know if you're going to go back to a, to the steroid era. I think I they got to use the Japanese baseball. Yeah. The one that has more tack on it naturally. Right. I think there's 
there's something wrong with the the status quo baseball being you have to take it out and put it through the mud. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like that's just not that's not normal. That can't Yeah, that makes no sense to me. It yeah. never did. <laughs> it really never did. You know, and then if if they're the ball in the other leagues are this tick, you know, this tacky stuff and the pitchers love pitching with it and all that. Now, but you still got to get the offense up. So that's the big thing. Yep. That's got to change because the last time that happened, they added the DH in the American League back in the the seven, you know, the late sixties, early seventies, when the offense was going down, they lowered the um the mound as well. Could it so, be something like a small snap is the the shifts? Something with shifts. Right, something like we were talking about. Could a about small here. thing also be, and there's no way to legislate this, but incentivize batting 300 instead of hitting 40 home runs. Yeah, maybe. Put in, put in a, if a team starts by saying, you know what? We're going to start playing small ball. And we're going to do it where we're going to give bonuses out. If you hit 300 over a full season, mm-hmm. you get a million dollar bonus instead of, you know how they put in incentives? Yeah. A lot of them are based on home runs, RBIs. Right. Old numbers. Do do something where it's just with hits. Will they do it with war and will they bring in, right. the, you know, these new numbers in there and say, OK, yeah. you know, whatever war, you'll get this bonus. The, you know what? You know, what's going to change it is a team has to step up and do it. Not just do it, but then they have to win with it. Then it becomes right because the league, every league, not just baseball, every league is a copy, right? So once a team works out, oh, that worked out good. They they won the World Series. Let's keep doing that. Tampa and Oakland have shown – it was first Oakland and now it's Tampa – have shown that you can make it to a certain level. Right. Consistently, more more times than not, you can be a playoff team and have some success in the playoffs. Right. Playing the money ball, analytics, advanced baseball, whatever you want to call it. Right. But no one's really shown that you can win it all. That is because true. Game 7 World Series, all those advanced stats go out the window because it's just one game. When you're looking at four at-bats, the math, the math equation goes out the window. What will happen if we put into a computer or a calculator over 600 at-bats? Well, it changes in a seven-game series. So, and until if Tampa Bay, I mean, people are copycatting Tampa Bay right now. Imagine if Tampa won a couple titles. Oh, they'd all be doing it. It's the end of old school baseball. Yep. (laughs) They would all be doing it. You know, that's the only thing that's stopping them right now is that they haven't won at all. And still the big money teams are winning it. So that's going to be the, you know, so. I think once Tampa or Oakland, if they just like Tampa is more win now mode. If Tampa goes out and signs a one pitcher that's big time, like a Garrett Cole when they're a free agent, and then does money ball around him, I think that's that's when everybody will say, yep. It's true. Well, hey, the, the point is, listen, it, at the end of the day, we all know it's, it's going to come down to there's got to be changes to this game. What changes, how much they're going to change, 
and it doesn't look like it's going to happen this year, right? Because they they took that off the table. Any on the field changes? It looks like just the DH. Yeah, they got enough problems as it is. Yeah, they can't get their <laughs> finances right. You know, yep. uh, fighting over money. But um, yeah, so I, I think it's a lot of that's going to determine how how the league goes in in the next few years. Like, is it going to grow? Is it going to like you said? Is it going to plateau? Is it going to stay the same? Or is it going to decrease? You know, I mean, we've seen a decrease, but they got to think of something now and say, okay, before we lose everybody totally, even the the old time fans too. You know, we got to do something to change things up. So, what they're going to do? You know, there's there's a lot of things they can do. There's a lot of options. What they're going to do is going to be the big, you know, question. And before we finish up, we got some trivia. And before we do the trivia, what's like? Do you have a prediction for the next week or two? What you're looking for, other than just hopefully some good news? Uh, listen, I think by the end of this week, if it's trending up, then I think it'll get done by the end of next week. Like no. I don't think it'll get done this week, right? I, I don't see it. So we I say go- it gets done sometime in March. Yeah. But we got to know by the by the end of this week if if they're talking every day, and there's no positive by the end of this week, then it could be, you know, April or May. Then we're getting into the, oh boy, you know, like yeah. our worst fears, you know. But I think for me, by the end of this week, hopefully we're trending up and it's we're getting close, and hopefully we're hearing stuff like that. Oh, they're getting closer, and they're almost there. They're almost at the finish. I want to start hearing positive things. I don't want to hear. They're still stuck at whatever, and they're still stuck at this number, and nobody's budging. If that's the case, then we're in for the long haul, unfortunately. Yeah. How about you? I uh, similar. I'm just. I I think I mean a prediction. I think they're gonna finish it. I think they're gonna. I say within the next two episodes. So within the next two weeks, we'll have good news. Yeah. I just think yeah, it's gonna be a long. There's too time. much money to be made. Yep. Agree. (laughs) Hopefully we're right. We'll see. Um, For trivia, I got not a basic one, but there's multiple answers. So, and it's uh, all of baseball. So it's not just obscure Yankees or Red Sox stuff. Okay. This This is a list of players who never played in the minors since 1900 that played at least 10 years in the major leagues. So not like scrubs by any means. There are two, four, six, 10, 12, 14. There's 21 players on this list. Oh, wow. Okay. Some big names and then a couple that. Mm, I can I, think of a couple. I, I think Winfield is one. No. I thought he'd never. Oh, okay. Bryce Harper? Nope. Hmm. <clears throat> wow. Um, let's see. A couple guys that we listed on our all-time teams in previous episodes. Oh, Hank Aaron? No. Check Nobody quite of Hank Aaron's stature, but pretty close. Right. A couple of these guys. Hmm. Man, I can't think of them. Mel Ott. Okay. 
Al Kalon. Oh, you know what? Yeah, that one. I'll just give you the top. I remember couple. he came up with Ernie like Banks. 18, Ernie Banks, okay. Bob Feller. Uh huh. Right. Catfish Hunter. Oh. Sandy Koufax. Hmm. And then some of these are. Nobody recent, though, like within the last. Um, Catfish Hunter. That's about it. Wow. I don't know when this list was made. So there might be. No, this is up to date. Um, Dick Grote. Mm-hmm. Mostly guys in the 20s to 50s. Right. And they all came up as like teenagers, obviously. Yeah. So I remember um, Bryce Harper played up by me in AAA for a little bit in Rochester. Oh, uh, okay. I thought for some reason so, it came right up. Yeah, that was an obscure one, but I, I found it last minute. Yeah, no, that was a good one, though. Mine's going to be There's much some- there are some other names on there that are like that guy played for 11 years and he never played in the minors. Never heard of him. That's pretty amazing, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I got one. It's pretty easy. Um, who was the first pitcher that was voted into the Hall of Fame with zero starts? Is this like a riddle or it's not trick? No, no, not a trick. Starts. Don't don't overthink it. That's for sure. <laughs> There's actually only two pitchers that did it. That did it. There's only two pitchers that are in the Hall of Fame. Trevor right Hoffman. Now. He was the second. Well, Eckersley started a bunch. Right. Rivera started a game. Yep. A couple of games. I was actually at the old Yankee Stadium when he started against Oakland. Wow, see? There you go. It was not good. Yeah, no, he wasn't a good starter. Um, Who's the first one before Hoffman? Lee Smith. No, surprisingly, he started a couple of games. I didn't think he did, but he did. And you said this was easy. Huh. Don't overthink it. Um, Lee Smith started six games in his career. Oh, God. You know... (laughs) Um, I don't know. Think of the relievers that are in, that are in the Hall of Fame. I'm trying. Oof. Eckersley, Smoltz started way too many games, yeah. but he was technically a reliever too. Goose Gossage. Uh, he started some games. I think with Pittsburgh or the Chicago Catfish start games. Yeah. Yeah. Did and Catfish was more of a starter anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. There's a lot of guys that did a little both, which makes it interesting. One um, of the guys that my because me and my buddies always is go this back guy to like an old timer or um, not old old timer. Like past World War II? Yeah, yeah. Somebody you've definitely heard of. Like okay. Fingers is another guy, but he started 37 games in his career. I don't know. I'm uh, I'm happy that I got one out of the two. Yeah. The first one and one of the only other one was Bruce Souter. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a Hall of Famer that's like not like Mountain Rushmore Hall of Fame. Right. But just a really good pitcher. Oh, incredible. Like he was 
yeah, I mean, he was awesome. I mean, he was definitely. But when you think of closers in, you know, in, uh, you know, in the Hall of Fame, you start with Rivera and Hoffman, and then you trickle down with these other names, right? Then you think, yeah, played, you know, he could. Suter, that's a good one. Suter gets lost in the shuffle. Yeah. And And he's a really good pitcher. Was he the first reliever? Um, the first closer, I mean, you know, because I think he was right. Um, um, I think fingers was fingers was was closers have been inducted: Rivera, Hoffman, Eckersley, Gossage, Lee Smith, Bruce Suter, Hoyt Wilhelm. Oh, he was probably the first one. Raleigh Fingers. All right, Wilhelm was probably the first one to be inducted, and then Fingers, because Fingers was inducted in nineteen. It's probably Hoyt uh, Wilhelm, yeah. What was he? Nineteen ninety-two. Hoyt Wilhelm. Let me see. Um, he started games. He started wow. In wow. nineteen fifty-two, he started seventy-one games. Wilhelm went from the age of twenty-nine to forty-nine. That's a weird twenty years. Yeah. Very strange. But he's he started some games. He started fifty-two games. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm looking at games. I'm not game started. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, that one year he started thirty-two games. No, twenty-seven of thirty-two games, and he had thirteen yeah. complete games. <laughs> and then he went on to be a closer. That's just uh, we we've been saying it for a while with these all time teams like yeah some of these pitching stats are never gonna be yeah they'll never they'll never get touched he was inducted Hall of Fame in 1985 so yeah a little bit earlier so so there you go any our, closing thoughts before I sign off and I'm just uh, crossing off you know crossing my fingers and hopefully we get some good news by the end of the week yeah um so we could start getting into the you know. Get into all these moves that are going to be coming once this lockout is done, and um, I yeah, really post lockout's going to be fun. Yeah, I just wish they would have not did a lockout. Like they just extended the contract, but promised to talk during this year, and yeah, during, you know, just to just so that nothing gets delayed. Do a player option for a year and just say we'll continue to. Yeah, it's, it's oh, wow. just yeah, it's just screwing everything up right now. So. So this was episode 34 of Talking Rivals. And um, if you like what you hear or like what you watched, definitely subscribe on YouTube, on our channel. Just look up Talking Rivals. Um, Find us on Twitter. Definitely active on Twitter. So if you want a conversation, debate, questions, answers, whatever, (laughs) we're game at Talking Rivals uh, at CP7NY. At Patrick Trotty, and we are on Sportswire. Thank you to Tom Bryce at sportinarium.com slash player. You can listen to us during the week. Uh, you can also listen to Liftoff Jets, uh, other podcasts like Baseball Banter and whatnot, some wrestling stuff and some basketball. And, and we're on Northeast Streaming Sports Channel on Roku. So you can find us in all those spots and um, give it a listen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs>